Hey everybody here at BamInsider.com. Tony and I decided to have a little fun today, so we're going to play a game of fact or fiction. So we're going to go through five questions and probably disagree a whole lot, which is, if y'all watched is pretty normal for Tony and I. Um, so Tony, the first question that we have is, uh, will Alabama throw less uh, without Tua Tagovailoa on the team? What do you say? I say, I say that's a fact, but I say it's barely a fact. I think there's a lot of people that think that, you know, Alabama is going to just transform its offense now that Mac Jones is, is you know, behind center. And I, I just don't see that happening. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty similar. If you look at the stats, I have them right up here. Um, Tua last season had 28 attempts per game. That's the most any uh, Alabama quarterbacks has had under Saban. Uh, edging out uh, Blake Sims, who was at 27.9. So, you know, basically the same there. Um, and if you look at what uh, Mac Jones had in his four starts, it was 24.5. Um, that's also taken into account. One of his starts was against uh, Western Carolina, where he only threw 12 passes. If you take that out, and so you go with three remaining st uh, starts, it's 28.67, which is actually higher than what Tunga Vailoa threw. I don't think Mac Jones is going to throw more passes than, than Tua did or, you know, more passes per game. But I, I think he's going to throw his fair share of passes. And I think Alabama's offense is, is more or less going to be the same. The, the reason why I go fact is because I think if you take it from a literal sense, Alabama will throw a little bit less than, than they did last season. But it won't be too noticeable, I guess, if, if you're asking me. Okay, so I – let me be clear – disagree with a lot you just said but we agree on the answer it is fact alabama is going to throw a lot less without two on the team they will Not throw a, less <laughs> yes we agree that lot. alabama will throw less but so that is a fact but there's no way that it's even close and tony's numbers with you know Tua's attempts are a little misleading because Tua got hurt in two separate games that he left early to his attempts in the games he didn't leave early are all the way up at 31.7 attempts. That's five more than Mac Jones had in the games uh, that, that his three starts that aren't Western Carolina, which I think is a good thing to throw out. So, yeah, I mean, I maybe Mac Jones throws it a little more, but, you know, I don't think he's throwing it anywhere close to 30 times a game. Maybe he throws it 27, 28, and that doesn't sound like a big deal, but, you know, you play 13, 15 games – Three or four passes a game adds up pretty quick. Yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be less, and I think they'll get more carries and for for the backs as well. But I, I just I I don't see them going ground and pound. You know, I, I that that's my whole thing. I think there's this misconception that Alabama is just going to totally ditch its offense and, and go back to you know, you know, just just like system quarterback with a you know high pounding running game. I just I don't see that happening. There's still a lot of uh, weapons and the way that their offense kind of sets up, it, it, you can really spread out defenses. And so I just don't see them limiting themselves by doing that. I think, you know, if, if they're so versatile that, you know, if, if a team stacks the box, then they can throw. And if a team, you know, is just going to give Najee Harris running lanes, then of course they're going to take advantage of that. But I think it's going to be, it's going to look very similar in my opinion to last year. You just hate Najee Harris and that's okay, but we'll get there. So the, Tony, the next question, fact or fiction, Jalen Waddell will be Mac Jones' favorite receiver in 2020. So when you look at the Auburn game, you say certainly, right? Um, what I did was I tried to break down 
Um, I went through Mac Jones's, you know, all 98 of his passes that he threw uh, in his four starts and, and looked who he was throwing to and, and the outcome of those passes. Um, to no surprise, Jerry Judy was actually his number one target last year. I think that's kind of obvious when you look at the kind of receiver Jerry Judy was. Um, Devontae Smith was next with 22 targets. Uh, Jerry Judy, by the way, had 25. Henry Ruggs had 17 targets. And Jalen Waddell only had 11. Um, that being said, Jalen Waddell only had 99 snaps uh, during those four starts. And almost all the, the receivers ahead of him had double that amount of snaps. So, I mean, you look at it, um, when I'm looking at what Jalen Waddell and, and Mac Jones did, 11 targets, 10 completions, 215 yards, and four touchdowns. He had more touchdowns to Waddle than any uh, other receiver. I think I love that connection. I think, you know, now you're going to see Jalen Waddle break into the starting lineup. I, I think he's going to be Mac Jones's favorite receiver. I think that slot position, um, you know, just, just those quick slants over the middle could, could really help get Mac Jones going in games. And I, I think that that's going to be a connection you're going to need to, you know, get used to hearing. I think the Auburn game is probably a, uh, a really good indication of that. So, Tony, you're saying fact? I am saying fact. Yes, that was a okay. long-winded way of saying fact. <laughs> um, I am happy to continue the streak of disagreement, and this time it is outright. It, that is fiction. Uh, yeah, y- you make a great point. Jalen Waddle wasn't on the field as much as Devontae Smith. Of course, he'll be on the field more next year, so he'll probably get more targets. That's all good. But you think just because he plays twice as many snaps, he's going to get twice as many targets? I think that's a little bit of a reach. Uh, Devontae Smith does has already proven he has a, a rapport with Jones. Not that Waddle doesn't, but, you know, he did get 22 targets. He was three behind Judy. Um, and, I mean, when I just look at it, who are we talking about this offseason? You know, I think Kyle's got, uh, you know, Kyle's looking for some way he can get some money in on Jalen Waddle to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking him up in these videos and we're writing about Waddle as the most exciting player in our countdown. <laughs> when opponents play Alabama, who are they going to be thinking about? I, I think teams are going to come into it with a, you know, they're either going to look at Najee or I think they're going to look at Waddle and they're going to try to take one or both of those guys away. And I think Devontae Smith is going to be the forgotten guy again. And we've seen when teams just kind of go, oh, yeah, it's just Devontae Smith. I mean, he balls out. So I'm, I'm confident that, you know, this is fiction and Devontae Smith will be the receiver Mac Jones goes to the most often. I'm not saying you're wrong. I think that that's – I mean, obviously that's the, the other side to this. I think it's either going to be one of those two guys. If you look at the Auburn game, uh, Devontae Smith was targeted 10 times with more than any other receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, he only had five catches. But, you know, obviously Jones has looked at Devontae Smith a lot, um, especially in big games as well. Uh, the thing about it is just that that success ratio for me with, with, you know, it's not so much the, the amount of snaps per targets. It's more just the, if you look at it, you know, 10 completions on 11 targets. It seems like whenever Mac Jones throws the Jalen Waddle, good things happen. And I think as a quarterback, you kind of start, I'm not sure he's sitting here looking at this, this breakdown and saying, who should I throw to but it gets in your head. If, if, you know, every time you throw to a guy, um, something good happens. I mean, he threw to him 11 times, has 10 completions, 40% of those completions went for touchdowns. I mean, as a quarterback, that kind of gets in your head. And, and I think you probably just subconsciously almost look for Waddle first. Yeah, but I think defenses also 
uh, we'll also take note of that. And uh, they'll know that, you know, maybe Waddle comes out in the first two games. Yeah, he's he's the guy. But I think defenses are going to pay attention to Waddle. So, I mean, at, at some point, I think Waddle's electric. I think he can beat, you know, two two guys if he has to. Uh, but I think if Waddle's consistently, you know, seeing a lot of coverage, Mac's going to go with the open guy. And Devontae Smith might be that, that guy more often. I also uh, – if the question was, will Jalen Waddle have a better season, more yards, more touchdowns, I'd maybe take Waddle. But, you know, we're just talking about who's not going to throw it at the most. And So you're going to De- say that Devontae's going to have less yards and more targets? I'm saying, he, I'm saying he might. I'm not saying Devontae Smith is a better receiver. I'm just saying I think Mac Jones is going to throw it his way a lot more. All right. So question number three. This is the most decisive question, and we've had at least a weekly debate about this, I feel like, since I got brought on back in February. Uh, the question is, does Najee Harris need more carries to be successful? And we're defining more as the workload he got down the stretch last season. So that's probably 14 or more carries. And, and then the, the flip side is less, and you know, 10, 12, 9 would have got the first two and a half years. Before we let's be clear about this question. It's not. It's does he need this to be successful? Yes. That's the that's the narrative that I've heard some some around Najee Harris. I completely agree. This is the most passionate thing <laughs> I, I am on this list. He does not need more carries to be successful. Stats will tell you that he does not need more carries to be successful. In the games that Najee Harris last season recorded 15 carries or less, he averaged 6.04 yards per carry. In the games he had 15 carries or more, he averaged 5.74 yards per carry. That's not a huge difference, but it also proves that he does not need more carries. In fact, he's slightly better when he has less carries. And if you look at 2018, when he had a career best 6.7 yards per carry, that was like one of his least amount of carries. I think he was averaging 7.8 carries a game. So this this whole notion that you know Najee Harris doesn't start working until like carry five, I, I don't I don't believe that. I mean, look at the LSU game. I think he busted a 31 yard run on his first carry of the game. So yes, he can wear down defenses, and 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 yes, you know like it might make sense to give him the ball late in the game, especially if you're trying to grind out the clock but the question is does he need it and absolutely not he is he is just as good of a back at carry one as he is as carry eight or nine. Ooh, okay so we're gonna we're gonna split hairs here a little bit um i'm gonna say fact right off the bat so everybody knows where i stand if you've never watched me discuss Najee harris before then you should go back because i've already said this Najee harris i think he's gonna set the all-time rushing record for the school I think he's Alabama's best chance to win the Heisman Trophy. I'm all in on Najee Harris this year. Um, the the threat we didn't talk about this before we started recording. Uh, I looked at games where he had 14 or more carries, and the difference in his average yards per carry in those game, th- those games, which was uh, five games last year, and then the other games was less than half a yard. He was less than half a yard difference. You obviously started 15 carries or more, so that's I think that's two games difference. Um, yeah, and it was less and, than half a yard for me as well. And, so. and you've – oh, well, so – oh, I'm sorry. Not half a yard. I'm saying half of a half a yard, a one-hundredth. I, oh. I, I, I found almost no change. You, you found something significant with the different games. I found games. point three. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can say that. Um, 
that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need it, but forget all the numbers. Just watch Najee Harris. He looks completely different. Watch him in that LSU game. You talked about how he did in the first carry. That's great. Watch him in the third quarter. Watch him in the fourth quarter. He That's looks they're trying like, to get him the ball. He looks like a different back when he's when he's got this workload. He I Yeah, so I don't think Najee Harris is gonna yeah, if you give him three carries a game, he's probably gonna average more yards uh, per carry. Um, but I don't see a huge difference between the Najee Harris that's getting 10 yards uh, or 10 carries a game and, and 15, 20 yard, uh, carries per game. I think his yards per carry is going to be similar. I agree. But he's not going to score as often. And he, he, the plays that he makes when he's on the field for that long, you know, I mean, he just he looks better as a blocker. He looks better as a receiver. He looks better as a runner. I feel like he looks more dynamic the longer he's out on the field. So from a number standpoint, I can point to that he has more touchdowns. And, Tony, I'm sure that you'll argue the longer you're on the field, the more touchdowns you'll score. Well, sure, yeah. I think the, the real point that should be made here is that uh, I think one of us has a bigger belief in, in Najee Harris than the other because <laughs> I, I think he can be just as effective from, from uh, carry number one. I think you, you, maybe you don't feel that way. I, I've seen backs. I've seen backs before. Uh, I covered Florida State last year. I would argue the same thing for Cam Akers. I would certainly argue that for Derrick Henry back when I, I covered him at Alabama. Some backs just hit a groove the longer they're on the field, and I I just I feel that way watching Najee Harris. I, I you know, it, so if Najee Harris averaged sixteen point zero eight carries per game last year how much should he get so what so what is this is where we're splitting hairs what's more successful it, it would you rather average eight yards a carry and finish with 50 yards every game and a touchdown or would you rather have three touchdowns and 100 yards a game and average two yards less a carry i mean i we're splitting hairs on what's more successful but I, from his whole body of work i think the Najee harris that's on the field in the fourth quarter that's already touched the ball 15 times and it's just getting fed looks more dominant and more explosive than the Najee Harris in the first half or the Najee Harris that's closing out a game, getting a sixth touch. I just, I don't see a world where he gets too much, like where he averages too much more than what he did last year. Um, and I don't even know if he necessarily will average the 16 carries just because there's so much talent mm-hmm. on this roster and, and, and in this backfield. So I think, I guess, you know, the rationale behind my, uh, my statement there is that I, I, I don't think he's going to need it necessarily. I think he's going to put up similar numbers. Um, you know, if they play more games, I think he has a chance of breaking that record, like, like you said. And I think he can be a Heisman level back. Um, but I don't know if you're going to see close to the, you know, anywhere close to the, the number of carries that per se, like a, a Derrick Henry got. I mean, because mm-hmm. He got the ball a lot last year, and he still averaged 16 carries. I know earlier in the season he didn't quite have it as much as he did late in the season, but I think you you might be seeing around 16, 15 carries per game for for Najee, and I don't think that's a bad number. I think it's mm-hmm. obviously a number that we've seen him do a lot with. Well, we and we agree with that. I think the like I said, defining how many carries is more and what is successful is tough with this. Uh, the the core of the is though you think Najee Harris is going to be good no matter how many carries he gets. I think Najee Harris is going to be great because I do believe he gets more carries, and I think that matters. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so t- you know, 
Let me calm down. Let me collect myself after defending Najee. Um, the last, the, the fourth question is, uh, will Christian Barmore lead Alabama in sacks? And, and I'm going to start off and I'm just going to say fact here. You know, if you look at the pro football focus numbers, I mean, smaller sample size, but Barmore was just easily one of the most successful defenders for the Crimson Tide last year. And, and just watching him, I, you know, I think the LSU game comes to mind, but down the stretches, as he got more work, you know, his pro football focus grade didn't dip. His production um, increased a little bit to, to match the larger workload. And he just looked, you know, he looked like he was sort of relishing and taking the most of an expanded role in, in the last four or five games. And, you know, uh, Alabama's other guys, you know, whether they were young and thrust into a role or whether they were older and, and just kind of there, you know, I mean, they looked like they were gassed. And, and, and I felt like Barmore showed he, he has a lot left to give. Yeah, so I'm going to call myself out because earlier this this spring, um, I was making bold predictions on the linebacker group, and I, and I said it, uh, Christopher Allen, you know, would lead the team in sacks. After further evaluation, I think that was wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to call myself out before the season starts, but it, looking at the numbers and, and breaking things down and looking at the potential there and just going back and watching some games, it, it's really hard not to pick Christian Barmore here. Mm-hmm. The only thing is we haven't had too big of a sample size with him. But, I mean, if you look, he uh, pro football focus released something that said that, you know, he, he had the biggest path, uh, the highest pass rush win rate uh, mm-hmm. at 20.8%. Um, that's among any defensive tackle in, in the nation. So, obviously, he, he's elite there. And if you look at it, history, will also tell you that Alabama – I know it didn't happen last year because Anthony Jennings led the team in sacks, but more often than not, the four years prior to that, um, it's been a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of see Christian Barmore having a season similar to, to what, you know, Quinn Williams had. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. that's a crazy good season. I'm not sure he's going to mm-hmm. match those numbers, but I think he can be that kind of disruptive, disruptive guy on the defensive line that can get into the backfield a lot. Um, I think you might see a guy like D- DJ Dale kind of take up some of the, the space and allow um, – for Barmore to kind of get back in the backfield a little bit more. So things like that. I, I think, I think you're going to see a big year for him. Um, and then you got to look at it. There's not a lot of experience that, that Alabama returns that could get those, those sacks totals. So under further evaluation, I think that mm-hmm. Christian Barmore is probably my pick. So I'm going to go big fact here. Yeah. So Tony and I agree both in the answer and we agree in like everything Tony said is, is absolutely why I believe in Christian Barmore this year. Um, one thing to note, I, I think we we both kind of predict him blowing up a little bit like Quentin Williams, but we would both say he's not quite there talent-wise yet. So I would say it is possible that maybe he has a good game week two, week three, and then maybe all of a sudden teams just make it a point to take him out of it the rest of the year. The good news is that, you know, Alabama will have, you know, other options in the defensive line. I think, mm-hmm. you know, a healthy DJ Dale will be great. And then I also think, you know, the, the return of uh, LeBron Ray will, will mean a lot as well. So um, it's not just going to be Christian Barmore. Um, you know, from Alabama's perspective, hopefully one of these young pass rushers at the outside linebacker position, they'll catch on as well, whether it be Christopher Allen, like I had projected, or King Makuda, or any one of those freshman uh, pass rushers that they brought in, William Anderson, Chris Braswell, Drew Sanders, Quindarius Robinson. You know, somebody of that bunch, if somebody steps up mm. to also take away a lot of the pressure 
up front and really open up some opportunities for Barmore. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I agree with all that. Uh, it's a nice change of pace after the, <laughs> after the Najee debate to agree. Um, okay, Tony, let's, let's see if we'll agree on the last one. The, the last question is, you know, is Alabama finally going to solve the, the kicking game woes? And, and we're not talking about a little better. Like, is this the year that I don't have to write a story about the kickers costing the team? I think it might be, you know, I think I'm, I'm pretty high on Will Reichard. If you look at his stats, the four of seven on field goals, and then he missed an extra point. Um, so you're kind of like, oh, you know, is, was it really that good? Uh, but I, I like him because I, he missed his first two kicks and they were narrowly missed. And then he didn't let that get to him. You know, I think a lot of kickers after kind of starting so bad and then, you know, with the already pressure that Alabama's kicking position brings, I could think you could see a lot of guys just totally melt. And we saw the next game, Riker just came back and, and, and nailed his, his next two field goals. So I, I like him from a confidence standpoint. I think, you know, he's a guy that would have probably solved it last year if he didn't, um, if he didn't suffer that hip flexor injury. It's all going to be, you know, pretty much determined on how well he comes back from that. But if you look at it, um, I think he'll definitely make a difference in, in, the, in the actual place kicking game. And then definitely in the kickoff game, um, he's a much better uh, kickoff guy, in, in my opinion, than, than Joseph Bulovas. Mm-hmm. You look at last year, he had, had recorded touchbacks on 75.86% of his kicks. Uh, Bulovas recorded touchbacks on 16.67. That's a huge difference right there um, in terms of just getting those those touchbacks which can be valuable in terms of field position and then also you know limiting big plays so um as far as just every aspect of the kicking game is concerned I think that Riker does make a difference and I think Alabama could you know I I don't want to put it on I haven't seen enough of Riker to say that he's just going to be this all SEC type kicker but I think you're going to finally maybe not have to worry about the kicking position more so than any other team I don't think it's going to be a problem for Alabama Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be a strength yet, but I don't think it'll be a problem. Yeah, and so, first of all, I agree with Tony. Uh, fact, I do think Alabama's kicking game is going to improve significantly. Um, and, and Tony broke down the numbers and provided us all detail about the kickoffs, and there's a lot of people watching like, I do not care which one of them kicks it further down the field on kickoff. Just make the field goals. Um, and But I think Tony's right. I think Will Reichert is the guy here, I think, if you look back at the last seven years, only one kicker has topped 75% of field goals, which is just is mind boggling. Um, and that was Joseph Bulovas, and, and he did it by never kicking long. Um, you know, in 2018, he, he, all his kicks were, I think, inside 30 yards, inside 40 yards. Um, his percentage was good, but, you know, we've seen enough of Bulovas that, you know, when he is asked to kick longer, he can do it, but not consistently. And, and that's what Alabama needs. Uh, one, one thing that I, I would like to note, Tony, uh, you mentioned this. Reichert missed his first two kicks. I think it was 48 and 49 yards. So not easy. Right, you know, exactly. Hit, 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 you know, his welcome to college football, um, you know, you're, you're, on a, you're, you know, you're on TV, you know, playing in the, in the uh, Georgia Dome, like, or Mercedes-Benz Stadium, whatever, uh, like, it, kick this 48 and 49-yard field goal. You know, not, not an easy start for him. Uh, he missed those but then drilled it from those exact two distances the very next week, which I think is just kind of incredible. Um, you know, and he hit the post too. I mean, he's yeah. not like he just totally shanked these kicks. Oh he yeah, absolutely. Right there, you know, and if he makes those two, right. 
uh, then he's five, you know, then he's six of seven. And I think at that point, you know, we, we might not even be having this discussion because it might be an obvious, um, it, it might look a lot more obvious the, the fact that, you know, Alabama does have a kicker because obviously six of seven looks pretty, pretty good, especially with his kickoff ability as well. So oh, yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what he can do over a full season. And, and really we'll see how he's able to recover from that injury because that's a serious thing in itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that's the biggest question mark. You know, he, he was injured. He tried to come back. And he, he suffered another setback. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Can he come back from that? And, and will he look the same? And will he have the confidence in his leg that he needs? Because, I mean, you know, when you get down to, you know, kicking and, and punting and all this, like, timing and, and confidence is, is just matters a lot more than some of these other positions. So, you know, does he have the confidence in his leg? And can he stay healthy throughout the season? You know, it, 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 if he takes any contact for whatever reason, or, you know, if he slips in, in practice, walking on campus in a game, you know, does his leg hold up? And, and that's something we can't really account for. But, I mean, just watching the guy in the, the small sample size we got last year, uh, we both agree. I think we have all the confidence that, you know, he, he's got to be significantly better. I mean, he, topping 75% is it, isn't a lot to ask for when you got to think Alabama's going to be kicking a fair amount close up. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean – Heck, it can't, it can't get too much worse. So, uh, yeah, I'm expecting – I mean, look, if you look at last year, Alabama finished tied for 93rd in the nation, uh, 66.7% on its field goals. It ranked 86 in the nation in extra points. Uh, and it had its lowest touchback percentage since 2014. So, I mean, not really high standards there for – you know, I mean, it should be pretty easy to, mm. to see improvement. So, as long as – you know, as long as Riker doesn't just totally choke and, and, you know, not live up to, you know, his potential. Cause let's remember, he's a really high rate, highly rated prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as he just doesn't live up to that at all, I think Alabama is going to see some improvement. It couldn't get much worse. I think that's a good way to sum up Alabama's kicking game heading into 2020. So, uh, you know, first of all, if you're watching this video, uh, I would love for y'all to go to the comment section and tell me how much y'all agree with me and how wrong Tony is on the two or three questions we disagreed on. Um, so first of all, do that. Second, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or check out our website. But, you know, third, if you could comment and, and just let us know, do you like watching this? And, and Tony will have a story. He'll, he'll spell out his, his arguments for all these guys. Do you like reading this content? Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a different way that we can keep the conversation going in the offseason. If you all enjoy it, let us know, and we'll keep doing it. And uh, if you don't, you know, Tony will stop. And that's fine. (laughs) 